photography lovers and welcome to another episode of the Fashion Photography Podcast with me, Virginia. In today's show, we are going to learn how to value our time and spend it with the right people for the right projects. And yes, you guessed it, we are going to talk about collaborations and how it can be a good and also a bad thing and how to turn the downside of this into a real learning experience because here we're all about the positivity and it's the same in our Facebook group called the Fashion Photography Podcast, the group that you can join even right now. So don't waste your time and just search for us on Facebook and find us and join the group and become real part of our community. I think I need another word for end. <laughs> okay, guys, I think it's time for us to start sharing some moments from the set because that's one of the things that we are going to talk about in this episode. And also, we are going to share some beginner strategies of working with magazines. If you are a stylist listening to this podcast today, we are going to share with you some clever tactics. And if you're a photographer, we will tell you how to have more amazing projects for your portfolio for a shorter period of time, working with the same stylist for different projects. All of these and many more on the upcoming episode. But before that, I want to share with you about our latest friends. Lucy's Magazine is waiting for your submissions. You can check the link to their website in our show notes. And also, Shoestring Magazine. They're super amazing and in case you like writing, I guess they are your people. And now I think it's time for a podcast. I would definitely put in my list also everyone to be focused. I really, really hate it when I go to a photo shoot and there is someone and there is always this one person looking at their phone. <laughs> like this is the, the most whole. interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and there is a time for that. And like, maybe you're sending emails, but it's also being aware of someone is clearly bothered by that. Like, just go do it outside. Yeah. I think a lot of clients, you're getting paid by them. Even if you're an assistant, you're still getting paid by them and you're there to work. Mm -hmm. And sometimes maybe that's just having like a, like a conversation connecting instead of being on your phone oh yeah even i have these moments when i really need to answer and i'm just like i'm very sorry i have to answer this email and i'm seeing yeah. what i'm doing because i could be just instagramming stuff <laughs> exactly exactly and i think it's also really good because lots of times i walk onto a set and i don't know everybody and i just you just just introduce yourself oh yeah I might not remember your name by lunch, but we have had an introduction. I'm just going to chat with you. And then I may ask your name again later because I'm terrible names. Or yeah, I, me always too. Take a, <laughs> I take a screenshot of the call sheet and I have it like right at the beginning of my photo. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, this person, right? Okay. Yeah, I also do that. Sometimes when I see some people and I'm quite sure what's their name, I'm Facebooking or Instagramming the name, you know, by just yes. searching for it. <laughs> Absolutely. I also think it's really good too. And this isn't set etiquette. I think it's just like general good practice business etiquette is if it is a new client and it's your first time working with them, because I don't have to do the invoicing, I might not have that much, like I don't really have to contact them afterwards, but I always will send an email just like, well, it's great to work with you. It was so nice to meet you. Yeah. That kind of thing. Always very important. And I also think the same. 
And in my list, I usually, especially if we're shooting on location, and I know it's going to be a busy day because there are days when everything is just so smooth and you don't have that many looks and that's fine. You can be a little bit more chill. Yep. But for me personally, when I have a lot of sets, it's very important to not waste time. For me, it's super yes. important when my stylists come to a shoot that they'll know what's coming after this set, for example. So it's really going to bother me, and it does bother me, <laughs> when <laughs> I have a big photo shoot uh, with many, many looks. And right after the look that we just shot, my stylist is going to the styling room and it takes him like about half a day to come up with the best <laughs> look. This is killing me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just good planning, right? And I think oh, yeah. also when you're doing big editorials like that, the further I've gotten in my career, I work for Vogue Taiwan a lot. Even if you have a good magazine, it doesn't mean that they're giving you any budget. And people are just doing it because they love it at that point. And you know, the photographer is putting out money. I'm putting out money. You need a game plan so that it's not a waste of everyone's day and time and money. It's interesting. The industry's definitely changed. And I think that's also why I do more personal projects is because I can get them off the ground a lot quicker. It takes longer with the magazines. True. I do like a few big editorials seasonally or yearly. And then I think there's a lot of other like supplemental things that you can design a little more inexpensively. Yeah, I completely agree. A big resource for me has been being able to like shop online for things. It's just I'm in control of what look I get. This is obviously not for an editorialist if I'm doing a personal project mm -hmm. or renting things and knowing exactly what I'm going to get, how I'm going to do it. And it's not the same as getting like the craziest, coolest, Gucci, full head to toe look or Calvin Klein and working that into a story. But it's nice to have a little bit more control. Oh, yeah. It's always nice, especially in your case when you depend on so many other people. Yeah. It always makes me a little crazy when I'm working on an editorial, like the same time if I'm working that entire week for a client. I have to have someone else help me with all the emails. Otherwise, while I'm on the job I'm actually getting paid for versus the editorial I'm doing that weekend and losing money, they're like, why is she on her phone all the time? No one's ever actually said that, but it's... Oh, it's very obvious on a photo shoot. Yeah. Yeah. What everyone is thinking, you can just tell by looking at them. I think it's very essential here to say that when you're saying losing money on an editorial... You mean mm -hmm. just the time and the day, because afterwards, usually those projects are the ones that are bringing you clients, right? Yes. Yeah. It's a short term. And it's not like I'm losing money because I'm paying for messengers is what it is. And yeah. it can be like $1,200 in messengers for one shoot. So it, that's what I'm saying. I'm losing money. But yes, clients get excited. They see stuff. Honestly, I see it happen more for my boyfriend than for me because it's a photographic style that you're creating is he'll have clients come to him with an editorial that we did and just want to do that exactly, but with their product. He, I think he's had that happen. Yeah. He has that happen all the time. I'm sure that happens for you as well. Constantly. Yeah. Because it's usually the idea that they love so much. And people are just used to the fact now that they don't need to come up with something brand, brand new. As long yeah. as you have done this, obviously you're good at this, so you can handle it. 
you know, that just reminded me, I can think of a kind of, I won't say it was a bad photo shoot, but I will say I worked with an artist recently on a collaborative project with an art director that I know from commercial stuff. And she Mm -hmm. wanted to do this project and we lost the hairstylist that we knew, but he recommended someone else. So we got this other, or no, he was a makeup artist and he was very rude. It's exactly what you just said, where people are used to the idea. Every image that could be created has already been created. It's about like how you can put your twist on it, how you make it current, you know, who the casting is. And I think he wasn't at that point yet in his career of understanding that. And he was just getting very sassy in attitude. And when someone is like that on set, it makes everybody and like we're in studio. It's not like we're on location where it was happening in an isolated spot. It was like everyone knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. It was very awkward. And he was being like rude. And honestly, we had two girls. This was what was actually probably one of the most bizarre things to me. Well, a couple things. We had two models we were shooting that day. The first model came. He was getting her ready. Then the next model came. He looked at her. He went over to the photographer, who's my boyfriend. And I didn't know this till the end of the day. He goes, oh, I don't like her. Can't we just send her home? What? When we had been casting (laughs) for like two weeks. And this girl is beautiful. She's like a well-known model. She is a little bit older. But there's nothing wrong with that. Women are beautiful at every age. And when I say a little bit older, I just mean like she's not 19. That was bizarre. And then I had had like exactly what the looks were planned out with the art director with each scenario she had set up because it was also a big set design too. I went through the looks. Obviously, the art director knew I went through them with the makeup artist. And then he was like, well, if I don't like how I did the eye with this one, we can just put that back on again, right? And shoot it again later. Oh, (laughs) and I was like, oh, this is the question this morning at like 10 a.m. So I like kiboshed that in a very nice way right away. But then that whole day, I was like a little bit on high alert, like this guy's a loose cannon. Turns out he was. And then on the last shot, after getting really sassy a couple times, he decided to put freckles on the model without telling anybody, which is fine. They looked great, but he didn't cover up the clothing. So $3,000 leather jacket was like vintage courgette that the model was wearing now had freckles all over it. And I I was like, really, really like they all came off, but I had to have him sit there with me with Q-tips. They're these tiny dots Mm -hmm. everywhere. And it was also like the way to get it off was something a makeup artist would use that I don't have. So I was like, we're getting this off right now (laughs) because I have to return this. Yeah. I think it's just being a team player. That's what I'm coming back to being a team player, reading a room. And maybe you do get to an editorial or a collaboration and you realize, you know what, this one isn't going to be for me, but it's just a good way of meeting people. Maybe this person is going to hire me later and suggest me to one of their clients. And and I had a good attitude, even if this isn't something that I'm going to put in my book. Sure. Also, maybe you're not going to put it in your book right away, but maybe a client comes and wants to see something like that and you have it right there. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of ways to do it. That was just a really weird, I'm just remembering that I think I blocked it out. It was just a really weird day. (laughs) I think you put it in a very accurate words uh, when you said that this person was just not in right state of their career. I think there are two options. Either you're at a very early stage of your career, or you're at a point where you just don't care about anyone else and you think you're the best. Right. Right. Yeah, I think it was maybe a combination of both. 
And those are never good things. <laughs> it's never good. It's never good. And that's why too, as a photographer, when you're building a team, that's so important. Even if you lose someone like a day before the shoot, just if you're hiring someone else you've never worked with, have a phone call with them and make sure you're on the same page. And I think I could see like a younger version of an artist in him because I think there was one reference point we had where we were doing a beauty shot with like a red lip and her lips were pressed up against this cellophane and I had gotten these different types of cellophane. And he was like, well, I just don't think we should copy this exactly. And like, rather than giving that attitude, what he eventually did to make it different, which he needed to do for him was put a little bit of like gold foiling on the lip or like something gold. Mm -hmm. It looked cool, but he could have just done that instead of Yeah, seeing it wrecking the nerves of everybody else. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing too, is like if as a photographer, if a stylist is explaining something to you that they want to do and maybe it's not your exact ideal, taking into consideration what they're saying and sort of making a suggestion that's like a slight change that could work for both of you. I think it's just yeah doing it in a positive way. Always in a positive way. And you can always go through this with a casual conversation. Yeah. A positive casual conversation. I can give you an example similar to that one. Once I was discussing a photo shoot, an editorial mm -hmm. with a stylist. And I was like, okay, I can do this just to cover this photo with red. And he was like, oh yeah, I love this idea. And 20 minutes after our conversation, he's calling me and saying, I don't think we should do red. <laughs> I think we should exclude it from the photo shoot. And I was like, completely? And he said, yeah. And I asked why. And the answer was, because I saw an editorial for L. And there was red. I was like, oh my God, do you know how many other people actually do you know red? Many, yeah. Do you know how many <laughs> red stories there are in the history of the world? And before there were photos, paintings, like yeah. everything has been done. And also we should aspire to be like stories that are in L. That's not a bad thing. Also, it's now a trend. True. So there's so many ways to take that. And I'm not saying to copy things. That's obviously Diet Prada always does an interesting way of calling those out. Photo shoot wise, I always think it's funny when he posts those. But yeah, I think it's taking it into consideration. It's going to be different when you shoot it anyway versus... Of course, of course. And another team. And we are not talking about the particular idea. We are talking about the whole color. The whole idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you want to change the entire concept. Yeah, just because red has been used before. That is so weird. But when you said that your makeup artist had to take another appointment and another shoot, or he was just busy that day, when we were talking about recommendations, well, that's really tricky thing. Yeah, it is tricky. But I think that's the difference of having an agency as well is because a client asks for my time through my agent. So if I'm not available, I might not even know but she can keep it within the family and recommend another stylist that she thinks would be a good fit that's also at my agency. So she keeps the momentum going with that client. And when they come back, they ask for me again. Yeah, that's really cool. Oh, I have a question for you. When you said that your boyfriend is a photographer, yeah. do you find that other photographers are somehow secretive about their work when they know about your boyfriend? 
You know, I could see that if my boyfriend was like an asshole, but he's like literally <laughs> the nicest guy. <laughs> even before we started dating, even before we worked together, we knew a ton of the same people. And I think once you get to a certain point in your career and you find a groove and you have this group of peers, it's just all very friendly. Mm -hmm. I will say there's one particular photographer that I really enjoyed working with, who I think became a little bit threatened by my work. The fact that I was dating a photographer and I don't really work with him that much anymore, which is a little sad. But also, it is. yeah, I don't know. I think that maybe that'll happen again down the line. I think I'm not going home and telling my boyfriend lighting secrets at night, like, especially because <laughs> like, I cannot figure it out to save my life, which is why I'm not a photographer. And I'm just looking at my rack of clothes. And also, yeah, I think if he's super professional, his thing is lighting. So he's never going to ask, oh, I saw this. How was it lit? Even if he asks you something like that, I don't think we do so amazing stuff that nobody can understand how exactly. Yeah, that you can't figure it out. Exactly. We were at an exhibition recently and I was like, oh, how did she light this? And he was like, oh, there's probably a thing here and a thing there, or they could do it this way and have it this way and have a scrim here. Because I just get curious and I love that I can kind of yeah. ask him those questions. But I think if you're a professional photographer, I'm sure that you're the same way. Is You can look at something and tell how something is you lit. You can always tell. Of course. Yeah. And if you can't, then you should maybe keep working at it. <laughs> Absolutely. Keep working at it. Not just give up. Just put a little bit more effort there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Do you usually have some already made up teams that you like to work with? I definitely have stable of people that I work with. I think with different photographers, it's different teams. I also have a couple of different assistants and I kind of keep them on like a rotating basis. There's a client I work with all the time for sometimes like a week, a month. And I always have one assistant because they know that client. They know the job. I'm a quiet person. I'm not always the best at communication. I think I like the rigorousness of, of communication on set. And I think when I find people that I communicate really well with, that's who I, or just I find easy. That's who I gravitate towards working with. The people that you prefer to talk to. And What about your personal life? Do you keep your relationships with those people? Yeah, absolutely. Like I've said before, you end up sort of having this group of people that you all kind of know each other. Mm -hmm. What would you recommend for the people that are looking for stylists right now? Where can they find <laughs> stylists? <laughs> I Is know, there a secret hard. garden of stylists somewhere They hidden? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I'm going to go hide in that garden. I think it's it's like what we talked about earlier, where it's definitely good if you to just email agencies asking for stylists. I think that I've met a lot of photographers that I work with that way. And I think sometimes that can come across more quickly in my inbox than reaching out to me. If my agent has kind of like pre-approved you and been like, hey, this person reached out to us. This is a mood board. They're looking for a stylist. It's all kind of right there. I think that's a good way to do it. I also think if you do just see someone on Instagram you really like, you can always just message them. I think this is a very good thing to do, even if you are not aiming at working with them right now. It's always nice to bring a smile to the person's face. Yeah, just say, hey, I really, I really like this. Yeah. It's always nice to see when they send me a nice thing in my inbox, like, oh, I really liked this story you just did. Or yeah, send me a picture with a heart, you know? It's always very, very nice. Yeah, it could be something very simple, just a heart. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. 
Do you think that the industry is restricted by the number of stylists? Because you said something very true that the industry is changing very rapidly right now. And we see that by all the cameras and all the equipment that is coming up. And many people are very afraid by the thought that photography is going to be so much more accessible, though it is right. really accessible right now. But they're afraid that it's going to become something very commercialized. Right. So I had a recent conversation with one of our guests, Stefan, and uh, he said this exact thing that the industry is very restricted by the number of stylists and it somehow stuck mm. into my head because it's very true in my opinion. I think what he meant was actually that since it's all about the fashion photography, mm -hmm. we cannot work without stylists. So even if there are 10 million photographers, if we have just five stylists... <laughs> And you prefer to work with five photographers out of those 10 million photographers? Obviously, only these five are going to continue. Yeah, as far as fashion photography goes, there's also really creative ways around that. Because it's not just good stylists, it's good stylists that have good access to the clothes at the time you want to shoot, which is mm -hmm. the hardest part. And it's a lot of preparation for a stylist. So if I'm working with someone new, I think always my best approach is to keep it simpler. And I think it's taking the time to build a relationship where you both feel comfortable to then keep pushing that envelope. And I think it's about realizing too, I can put in weeks to months worth of work for a project. And then I might get the photos back if it's with someone new and I might not love it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You know, you just want to be really protective of your time and your resources. I think the best thing to do to find someone that's the right fit for you is to just start small. I love that. And build a trust and a communication. And how can we recognize when we're working with the good stylists? I think make sure you like the other photographers they're working with. Maybe their clothes, maybe what they've pulled looks good, but they're working with kind of a cheesy photographer that's maybe not quite at the same level you're at. Maybe that's like a diamond in a rough. You could try that. But I think it is sort of looking at also photographers you admire and then seeing what stylist they're working with. That's a great advice, actually. That's a point that has come across to me more and more in the probably the past year of honestly, like seeing how my boyfriend sort of picks his teams. Mm -hmm. He always knows what my business is. So if I'm working with someone new, he can be kind of judgy of that person. Do you know what I mean? Like of their work? Yeah. Even if it's not his style. Of course, he can always have an opinion. He can always have an opinion. Sure. But it also, it made me realize like, oh, there is a certain caliber that you want to be working with and you want to be working at. Of course. I think that's more than anything because I've also grown, but I think there was a time when if anyone would ask me to do a shoot, I'd be like, yeah, let's figure it out. And I think I do take more time to think about it now and consider the person's work and see what I can make sure I can get from it and make sure it's worth my time. Yeah. Is that the one big thing that you can call a very big difference for you in comparison to the beginning of your career? Yeah. I think at the beginning of my career, it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks, you know, <laughs> and then sort of building from there. 
don't throw it might not stick at all yeah (laughs) exactly i did see you interviewed lenny chai yeah i've met with lenny and we're trying to work on a project together right now and the way that i met with her was through our agent sure tell us the story come on she signed with Angela DeBono and they don't rep any stylists. And I think she came to New York and was looking for stylists. So her agency reached out to my agency about, I think, me and a makeup artist that she liked. And then they set up a meeting and that makeup artist is actually a really good friend of mine. I love him very dearly. And we were meeting back to back. We were meeting at like a coffee shop. And then when I realized it was him he just stayed. And when we all chatted together and shared, shared our work and and talked about a project. That's so cool. One other thing that I think is important if you're a photographer reaching out to a stylist is I think everyone's very protective of their clients, even if it's an editorial contact. I think it's important, like I said before, to kind of start small and build your way up because If you see that I work with certain clients and then you come in and you go like, let's just work with them. It's like, I do kind of have a set team that I work with for those. Like, let's start small and make sure this is right. And then when we have the right project, because projects for magazines, they want a certain caliber of production value, which is expensive. It's just always going to be expensive. There are ways to do that that aren't, but I think it's always about starting small for me. I completely agree with you. You should definitely start with your country and maybe the magazines there or some smaller magazines at least, because it is very true that you need to know your place and to build up. Yes. And you do. You do smaller and it builds up to bigger countries. It is part of the way that it kind of works. But you also, before that, you do smaller magazines and it builds up to bigger magazines. It's the process to do that for a lot of reasons, but it's also because you're still learning and honing your skills. And so you don't want to go in guns a blazing and and happen to sort of like elbow your way into like a big magazine and then kind of fuck it up or like just, you know, do a Mm -hmm. bad job at it where it would be very difficult to get hired in that capacity again. There's a lot of steps and you can bypass them or you can go from one step and back to another. It's fine. Yeah. I, I I work for Vogue's and Glamour's now, but I still like to go back and work with local magazines because I just love what I do. And if it's the right story and the right photographer, it, it just makes sense for me. I work with this magazine that's based out of upstate called Deviate, a beautiful print magazine. And they do these fashion stories with all like real people. And I just really like the aesthetic. The guy who shoots it, he shoots for Harper's Bazaar and I love his work. And it's not a huge magazine that people are going to know the name of, but I get really inspired shooting on location. We're always on location somewhere upstate and it's, it's just a nice experience and good people. That's it for today, guys. But there is another episode coming next Wednesday and it's also full of insights. So don't forget to join us next Wednesday. And until then, of course, share the link to this podcast with all of your team members and all the photography lovers around you. The link is photographypodcast.net slash 255. Again, photographypodcast.net slash 255. Thank you guys so much for being with us today. And I hope to see you on Wednesday.